we should bring up some COTC awareness. COTC? Mm-hmm. What's that? Remember I told you I have that the other day? What? COTC. Corn on the cob? <laughs> I was like, I know you said some dumb shit about this the <laughs> other day, but I just can't remember. That should be your intro this week. Hey everybody, welcome back to another week of the Search for Serotonin podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Farrick, and this week um, we are going to be talking about ADHD because two weeks ago I started my ADHD evaluation process. Um, So I did my initial intake appointment and that was basically just a little like virtual interview where they just got all of my information, my medical history, just asked me some very generic questions. Um, and then we set up an in-person evaluation, which I will go to do next week. It is a four hour in-person evaluation. Um, but I wanted to keep you guys updated on that process. So since that process for me has started, I thought what better time to bring Corbin back on my boyfriend to discuss ADHD a little bit more because he struggles with ADHD. Um, and I thought it'd be really fun to have him on to talk to everybody about, you know, his experience and then kind of what that looked like for him. And then we'll share, you know, some research that I did and then, yeah. So Corbin, thank you for being back on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. How's it going? It's going. How's it going for you? It's pretty good. Just upstairs and you're downstairs. So yeah. Yeah. We don't like to hang out in the same spaces at our house. No. No. No, we have our separate spaces. It works which out. Is why, best. Which is why you made my me move my office back upstairs. <laughs> yeah, it was too much. All right. So Corbin. Yes. For those of you who listened to your last episode, they know that you are my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you again for being back. If you guys don't know about Corbin, go listen to the other episode about mental health plus relationships that I did with him a few weeks ago. Um, well, why don't you first start out by talking about your experience with ADHD, um, what you struggled with, how you kind of got to the point of thinking, Hey, I might need diagnosed or how you got diagnosed, what age that was, you know, what was going on in your life and then what that looks like for you now, like how you deal with it today. Yeah. Um, so I honestly don't know, like, it's weird. I've had ADHD for how long I've been diagnosed with ADHD. I got diagnosed my freshman year of college and in like high school and stuff like that, even younger, like I always had issues like doing homework or just like paying attention in class. Like I did okay, but not like, I don't know. I could have done better, but I couldn't like the focus was just never there. It didn't do well with just the whole like classroom style. Um, But then whenever I was in college, I actually was playing a game of just like pick up soccer and I ended up getting like me and another player's heads just collided and I went down and I had a concussion and somehow within those conversations after being diagnosed with a concussion then I was talking to my PCP at home and somehow the thought of me possibly having ADHD came up 
so we did the whole like evaluation like you're going through right now and she just had she then diagnosed me with ADHD and that's when I started trying to get um my like uh medication correct because I know like you know how with other mental health issues there's people say like it takes years and years to figure out what the correct med- uh, medication it's kind of the same thing for ADHD because everybody's affects them differently so for the first little while she was like okay we're going to start you out on 10 milligrams and I think it got all the way up to the point where I was doing um, 15 milligrams in the morning and then two more Ritalin's I forget how many what the prescription was but two more throughout the day just like as boosters yeah and that's really like how I found out that I had ADHD was just like coincidentally through another head injury and then talking to my PCP she was like well I think we should get you evaluated and I know after that my mom felt pretty bad because she was she felt bad that I just had never been diagnosed with it sooner but at the same time like I don't know when I was growing up that wasn't like kids weren't diagnosed with that as often as they are now so what age exactly were you freshman year of college just to give people some context because I know I have some people who listen from different countries I was just gonna say like completely cut like quitting cold turkey on any mental health medication is so bad like it's yeah. has like such a negative effect on your body. And I've been there where I've kind of just gone through periods where I'll be really consistent and I'll just stop out of nowhere, stop taking my medicine. And like that causes so much chaos. So even with ADHD, I know like it's hard to not have that medicine, but then coming out of it after being on it for a really long time is just, it's a big transition. So definitely right. know that like, that's something tough to go through. Yeah, it was definitely, it was hard. And um, I mean, like there, like I said, that being on it, like this is a thing with ADHD in general, but also being on it, like you don't feel like eating and sleeping and stuff like that. But coming off of it, like I just, I'm 28 now. And like I said, that ran out when I was 26 and like, I'm just now, like, for a long time, my brain was just all over the place because it just didn't know how to work with without taking Adderall every day, daily, you know. So for a long time, it was just kind of trying to figure out how to, how my brain can rework without taking it again. Because I don't really want to start taking it again, especially at this point, because, one, I don't really have like classes where I have to sit down and focus. and <laughs> Yeah. And there's definitely like a lot of alternatives to help besides medication. Like, you know, there's different resources that you could use personally. I know right now you are reading a book about habits and creating like healthier habits in your life. And just from watching you read this book, you haven't even finished it yet, but you've already started implementing these like really positive changes in your life. And I feel like it has had like a good effect on your ADHD because you are more organized. You're sticking to these routines. Like you're getting more accomplished and you personally just tell me you feel more like 
productive, like, you know, you feel like you're getting more done. So um, do you want to talk about your book a little bit? Yeah, I can talk about that because like, like you said, it has, it has really helped. Um, I'm reading a book. It's it's called Atomic Habits. And I think one of the really big, it talks about like the four laws of creating or breaking a habit. And I think one of the big ones for me, especially with ADHD is uh, one of the laws is to make it obvious. And so like in my cubicle at work, I there's a couple of different habits, like I'm trying to drink more water and stuff like that. So I have post-it notes posted in different places in my cubicle just so I like see it and then think about it. So I'll make sure I take a drink of water. And I know I was, I was talking to our friend Drew the other day and we were talking about how like how stupid it feels at the beginning. Like I shouldn't have to look and read something to drink water, but, uh, I know like we've talked about um, the obvious thing, like if I set something down and like my eyes never go back to seeing that, I will forget that it's there. It doesn't matter. It can be a cup. It can be a wrapper. It can be some, you know, just any garbage. If I set it down because we're watching a TV show, I don't think about it again (laughs) until I actually see it. Yeah. And that's Mm. a big thing. I feel like with your ADHD is you're very like visual. So like you said, if you forget about something, you're not going to do it. And like for a while there, you had to set alarms just to remind yourself to brush your teeth every day, which to a lot of people that seems like, oh, that's just an everyday thing. It's a part of my routine. I always do it. But for someone with ADHD, like your brain doesn't think in the same way and it doesn't work in the same way. So it's really easy to forget basic basic things like brushing your teeth or eating. Like if I don't remind you to eat or if I don't make you food like throughout the day, you can go all day until like 5, 6 p.m. without eating. And so it's just that I'm not like directly looking at it. So I'm not thinking about it. So my body's just going to like not even like remember that that's like a real thing almost right yeah and then I I also think um a lot of like me being for like forgetting about brushing my teeth now and then like I do think a lot of that stems off of like because obviously I used to make sure like every every day morning and night I would brush my teeth I think a lot of that stemmed from like so I got off of my uh, Adderall, which then like, it just causes you to, like I said, it just scrambles your brain and it caused me to slip into like depression, just like not leaving the bed, just having no motivation to do anything because my body just craved Adderall for so long and I just didn't get it. So I think that kind of going back to like habits, it just kind of allowed me to break those habits. I didn't need to get up and do these things every day because I wasn't for a while. I was just kind of doing nothing. (laughs) Yeah. So it just allowed those habits to break. And now I'm in the process of just getting them rebuilt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. So, yeah. And as someone who, you know, I didn't, like, I I know I'm in the process of getting an ADHD evaluation, but as someone who only knows their symptoms as anxiety and depression and what that kind of looks like, and especially since like ADHD looks different in men versus women, 
um, when you were going through all of that and you were really struggling as someone who doesn't necessarily know what that feels like or has never experienced that before it was really hard for me to wrap my head around even though like you know I already struggle with mental illnesses but like I know what anxiety and depression look like and I know what that feels like but what you were going through I had no idea I had no idea like how to help you what to do what to say and so it was also just really hard for me in that situation because I couldn't understand what you were going through but I didn't want to like push you and be like hey you need to do these things or like I don't want you to feel bad, but I also didn't know like what to ask or what to do because I just wasn't familiar with it, you know? Right. Yeah. It's definitely hard. And it's, it's hard because like I said, like, especially with me, like you said, everybody's ADHD is different and stuff like that. But, um, like I said, it's just like, I forget to do things and it's hard to be like, yeah, that's just how my brain works. You know, like, my brain just forgets something and it's hard to explain to people that don't don't know what ADHD is or don't know, like have never had it, you know? Yeah. They're like, yeah, I, I'm forgetful. Like it sucks, <laughs> but it's just part of why I'm trying to start these habits. So my brain forgets less and less. So I want to just talk about like, at least how my doctor explained ADHD to me, because whenever I was diagnosed, both my mom and I were like, well, like I said, it was before like children were really getting diagnosed with it all that often. So at 18 or 19, whatever I was, my mom and I were both like, well, why? Like, what is it? And so the way my doctor explained it to me is basically everybody's brain has like these gates inside of it that allow your focus to go one way or the other. And in people with ADHD, basically those gateways either get stuck open or shut. So like normally your brain can send a pulse or whatever, and it opens that gate and that's where your focus goes. Sometimes they either get stuck shut or stuck open. So it's hard for your brain to like override them. And that's why people take Adderall and stuff like that is to allow those gates to either get opened or shut, whatever needs to happen. But that leads to like that hyper focus where people are just stuck, not sleeping, just hyper focused. And yeah, no, that's definitely like an interesting way to hear it explained because you know, for someone who doesn't know a lot about ADHD or hasn't struggled with it personally, it's hard to understand what that person is actually truly going through. And something that I always found really helpful that you actually showed me was the, um, the, um, how to ADHD YouTube channel. And this girl just discusses, you know, what it's like to have ADHD. Like procrastination is really big with people with ADHD because it's so easy to put it off, put it off. And then all of a sudden your due date is tomorrow and it's 10 PM the night before your brain fills in those, like that's what fills in all of those motivational gaps is I have to get it done. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the pressure and the adrenaline and like Mm -hmm. the urgency. That's what really like actually motivates you to get it done because that's something 
I noticed when you showed me that video, that was one of the first things that I identified with because, you know, when I was in grad school, I would have to write, uh, you know, research paper every eight weeks and every eight weeks I was like, I'm going to do it differently this time. I'm going to start it early. Even the one semester I did have to start it early. We had to like outline and stuff throughout the semester. And every single time I waited until like 12 hours before the paper was due to start writing it because I knew it was just going to be so painful and so miserable and such a boring process that if I didn't create that sense of urgency around it, I never would have gotten it finished. So it's definitely something that is a very real symptom. And the bridge analogy is actually very helpful and like very spot on. Mm -hmm. So I will definitely link um, some of those YouTube videos into the channel in the show notes so people can check those out. Because when I was doing research, I pulled a lot from those videos as well. Yeah. And I know, um, I believe we talked about it in our last episode, um, but I think another important thing to talk about with ADHD is, again, it's different in everybody, but there is, um, it's pretty common that people um, feel rejection very quickly, even when not being rejected necessarily. Um, I can't remember the exact phrase for it right now, but basically it's like, if I asked you if you wanted to hang out and you were like, oh no, I have to go work on my podcast today. I don't have time to hang out. Like it just feels like it's very common for people with ADHD to feel like, well, they don't want to hang out with me because of me. Whenever like, you're like, no, I I just said I had to work out with my, or work with my podcast, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it's, it's hard to get over, but I like, I feel it. I notice it there. I just sense them like since realizing I've had it and figuring out that that's a common thing. You just kind of have to tell yourself like it's, they, they're not saying no, they don't want to hang out with you or no, they don't want to do whatever because of you. They're, they're busy. Like, you know. Yeah. And I think that also like plays a part with like my anxiety and depression, because when I get really anxious or really depressed, my tendency is to shut down and like internalize. And so then when you, somebody with ADHD who feels that rejection so easily, a lot of the times when I'm feeling that way and I start to shut down and, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to hang out or I just need to be alone or I need space. Then for you, I know you've mentioned sometimes that your brain just functions where it's like, oh, she's doing this because of me personally and you have to kind of remind yourself to just think no this isn't a personal thing this is just me feeling that like over you know overhyped sense of rejection right okay so why don't we talk a little bit about some of the research that I so before we get into this research I do always want to say to those um who are listening um If you hear this information and you think, hey, maybe I might struggle with ADHD, please do not self-diagnose. Please don't, you know, take the stuff that you hear from us and think it's fact. Yes, I did research. Yes, I will be linking the sources, but I encourage you to do your own research because my interpretation of this research might be different than how you interpretate the research, or I might not have included everything. So just make sure that you're doing your own research. You're talking to professionals. And if you actually think this is something that applies to you, please, please, please talk to somebody who can actually diagnose you. When I started 
the process of my ADHD evaluation, I actually found a lot of information from places like TikTok or just YouTube videos or random spots on the internet, instead of just taking all of that as fact and saying, yes, this is symptoms of ADHD. This is why I need to get tested. I put it on a list and I talked to my therapist about it. And then I talked to my psychiatrist about it and they actually, you know, gave me facts and they gave me the right information. And that led me to this ADHD evaluation process. So please just make sure you're going about this the right way. So something Corbin did not mention to the people is that ADHD stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, And what it means is you are experiencing low levels of dopamine. Um, But ADHD is actually one of the most common neurodevelopmental disorders of childhood. Um, It's usually first diagnosed in childhood and often lasts into adulthood. Um, It says that anywhere from 8.4% of children and 2.5% of adults experience ADHD and it is most commonly identified as, like Corbin said, hyperactivity. So that means, you know, disrupting class or having problems with schoolwork or, you know, being overactive, things like that. And it is definitely more common among boys than it is girls because the symptoms for girls don't look the same as the symptoms for boys. So people have stereotyped ADHD as hyperactivity, unable to focus, unable to get stuff done, whereas in women, it looks totally different. So side effects of ADHD, especially in adulthood, can lead to unstable relationships, poor work or school performance, low self-esteem, and other problems may decrease. Um, but they still have trouble with impulsivity, recklessness, difficult paying attention, um, and things like that. So one of the things that I saw when I was looking up symptoms for ADHD is you use um, like retail therapy or you're like impulsive with your spending a lot. And that is something that I definitely resonated with because anytime like any minor inconvenience happened to me, like, especially in college, like I was like, fuck it. I need to go spend money. I need to go like to the bar. I need to go to the mall. Like I need to go get a new tattoo or piercing, like something is happening. So I definitely resonated with the impulsivity and reckless spending. Yeah. I spend money like 24 seven. If I'm not sleeping, I am spending money somehow. Corbin wakes up in the morning and loses like $400 just by existing. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> Everything's great. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, for how long did I have my, I just switched to a new debit card, which is why I don't have that number memorized, but <laughs> I used to have my bank account routing account number, debit card, and all of the information for it just memorized because I typed it in so much. <laughs> you're worse than girls and their online shopping addictions you're like i got it all i'm ready anytime you need my card information let's go i'm just saying that's an offensive stereotype that you probably shouldn't use what i said that's an offensive stereotype okay sorry to all the girls (laughs) out there sorry girlies (laughs) what was that laugh you were like "Ah, "Ah, um okay just really sounds like you were trying to gaslight them. Gaslight the girlies. See, look at this, this is you <laughs> gaslighting me. <laughs> Guys, I want I really need to just pause and make this known on the podcast and everywhere that Corbin 
consistently gaslights me every single day in our relationship. And the other day while we were sleeping, he hit me. Have you ever thought that maybe it's your viewers that are gaslighting you? Ooh. <laughs> no, but we were literally dead ass asleep the other night and Corbin started making noises in his sleep and I had just started to fall asleep. So I'm like, oh, he's probably just having a bad dream. And then all of a sudden you like pull your hand up and like slap my face upward. <laughs> And I True. woke up and I was in shock and I was like, what the fuck just happened? And then you woke up and you were looking at me and you're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And I was like, you just fucking hit me. <laughs> he had no memory. He was out cold. Nope. So no idea. But he does gaslight me. That is serious. <laughs> Sometimes. Only when you deserve it. <laughs> I'm going to take all that out of the episode. Good. Okay. Because I was also tossing my debit card up and down in the air. People are going to steal it. Probably. Okay, so ADHD can also um, lead to trouble with the law, alcohol or substance misuse, um, frequent car accidents. I was just going to say, like, I have obviously experienced the um, trouble with the law one because I failed the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Get it? Can I include that? Absolutely. <laughs> so funny. Okay, guys. Yeah, Corbin is terrible with the law. He's the worst lawyer ever. So just some more symptoms. I know you talked about some of yours. Um, people can often um, overlook or miss details. They seem careless in mistakes in schoolwork, actual work, or other activities. They have trouble paying attention. Um, especially during conversations or activities, different tasks. They find it hard to follow through on instructions. They have difficulty with organized tasks, avoid tasks that require sustained mental effort, such as homework um, or completing forms or lengthy paperwork. So like we talked about, you know, putting off assignments in school because, you know, it was going to be a lot of mental effort. Mm-hmm. losing necessary things oh my god Corbin you do this all the time yeah I um I lose things every single day you'll literally like, stand up and walk away and you'll be like where's my phone can you call my phone yeah yeah no I I lose things all the time and it, it used to be way worse I mean I still lose things all the time but like I used to find the things that I lost in insane places. I think I would just have them in my hand whenever I went to do something. And then I would realize like, why do I have this in my hand? So then I would set it down wherever I was. I found my keys one time, like in my medicine cabinet in the bathroom, I lost a phone and bought a new one because I couldn't find it for like days. And I'm not joking months and months later i found it in a random back like a random pocket in a backpack (laughs) i love that for you that's the one that really sucks forgetting things yeah forgetting things and losing things yeah okay yeah so those were symptoms of inattention but some other symptoms that have more to do with hyperactivity can include fidgeting and squirming while seated um Run, run, dash around, or climb at any appropriate time. <laughs> I do that now. Like, 
still <laughs> to this... running around at inappropriate times yeah or i i run all the time i feel like you're always like moving like you can never sit mm-hmm. still like you're always doing something yeah i'm always shaking or fidgeting um or like going up the stairs on all fours <laughs> i will do that until I physically can no longer go, it's just more efficient. And nobody can tell me differently. It's like when you're four and you're like afraid of the dark and you like crawl up the stairs to get away faster. That's how you do it every single night. <laughs> it's just efficient. <laughs> I'm leaving that in there too. Um, That's fine. Uh, <laughs> if people have problems with me running up the stairs on all fours as a 28-year-old, they can. Um, talking excessively answering questions before they're fully asked, finishing other people's sentences or speaking without waiting for a turn in the conversation. Oh my God. I feel like that one. I do so much. Yeah, you do. I know it's so bad, but you know, like it gets to a point where I have this thought in my head. And if I don't say it now, by the time I wait for the other person to finish, it's going to be gone and it's never coming back to my brain. Yeah. But you know, it really sucks whenever, (laughs) whenever I also have ADHD. So that gets to you and then you say something and then I forget the thing I was saying. Yeah. Because I usually end up just being like, oh, here we go. And then you forget. You're like, oh, sorry. What were you saying? I'm like, I don't know. That was two minutes ago. Uh, I stay fucking that one up. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, um, I was going to say, what was... Oh. I had something I wanted to talk about, but... Oh. It's gone, so. Well, can I share this fun fact that I found while researching? No. So I found this fact, and it said, neurotypical brains have a dial that goes from 1 to 10, but ADHD brains have two settings, and the settings are either 0 or 15. So whereas normal people without, not normal people, but people without ADHD, you know, they can go through different highs and lows so they can experience all the numbers on the scale from one to 10. But with people who have ADHD, you're either at a zero or it's at a 15 and there's no in between. So you either like go and hyper-focus or you just have no motivation whatsoever. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, that one was actually from the how to ADHD YouTube channel. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. And I thought I'd share that one. Yeah. I like that one. Um, one thing I did want to talk about was um, I think you mentioned that you said you saw it was a side effect was ADHD was just not being able to control your volume. Yeah. And it's not that like I can't control my volume. It's just that every once in a while, whenever we've been silent for a while, that the next time I go to talk, I'm not sure what volume I'm about to talk at. No, but I struggle with that one too, because for my entire life, like all of my childhood, I would just be around like my family or just people in general. And Emma especially would always just be like, why do you always have to be so loud? You were always so loud. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be loud. Like I don't even notice I'm being loud. So lastly, I want to talk about some differences in ADHD versus men and women. So for men, they tend to be more internalized, disruptive, and hyperactive while women internalize. So that looks like anxiety, depression, and people pleasing. Mm -hmm. Um, Women experience more mood eating and physical symptoms where men experience more abuse and crimes symptoms. So they tend to turn more to substance abuse and committing crimes where women will just have mood swings, their eating habits will change, or they'll feel physical symptoms. Hmm. 
Um, so women specifically with ADHD are more likely to have inattention symptoms rather than hyperactivity symptoms. So it's that hard to stay focused, hard to wait your turn in a conversation, those types of things. Whereas boys experiencing more of the fidgeting or running around or crawling up the stairs on all fours. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you can tell, but like, I'm bouncing my knees right now. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can tell. So Girls with untreated ADHD are at risk for low self-esteem, underachievement, and problems like depression and anxiety. Um, They're also more likely to get pregnant and start smoking while in middle school and high school. Um, Girls with ADHD are also more likely to have mood and anxiety disorders, lower IQs, lower achievement scores, and more impairment on measures of social school and family functioning so it's like really hard to make and keep friends you are more reserved in your family settings and you know school also is an issue for you as well oh I I really like this fact because I thought it was interesting to see how ADHD correlates with like anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and girls with ADHD are five times more likely than boys to be diagnosed with depression and three times more likely to be treated for depression before their ADHD diagnosis. So actually Mm. that's, yeah, that's one of the things that led me to think maybe ADHD was something that I struggled with because it says, you know, for people, especially girls who have, you know, long-term anxiety, long-term depression, and you're trying to get that fixed and you're trying to get help with that but it's still not getting any better. It's just still consistently staying the same. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that means that you're actually experiencing untreated ADHD. And then that's why you can't get the anxiety and depression under control is because it's not actually anxiety and depression. It's stemming from the ADHD. Right. So I thought that one was interesting. That is Um, Yeah. Oh, and then um, estrogen has an impact on dopamine. So, and that's the brain chemical that is most prominently indicated in ADHD. So Mm -hmm. fluctuating estrogen levels in women can impact the intensity of their ADHD symptoms. Uh, So if their estrogen levels are, you know, going all over the place, then that's going to affect how their ADHD symptoms are presenting themselves. Right. And also women are more likely to self-harm than men who are experiencing untreated ADHD. So as always, I do want to just let people know if they are struggling with ADHD, some ways to cope. So for adult ADHD, it's similar to the treatment for childhood ADHD. Um, This can include medications, psychological counseling, treatment for any mental health conditions that occur along with ADHD. Primary care providers can sometimes diagnose and treat ADHD, but it's sometimes better to go to a psychiatrist that can recommend you to, you know, a neurological testing facility so you can get an actual definitive diagnosis. Whereas PCPs sometimes just, you know, will write you a prescription for Adderall and not actually look into the actual diagnosis that much. I know Mm -hmm. in college, a lot of people I knew would go to the doctors and lie about having ADHD symptoms just so they could get on Adderall and then sell it to people during finals week. And they all had this system down where they're like, you say this, you do this, and they'll just write you a prescription. And then you can start like making a profit off of this. So that's what worries me about like people going to PCPs is because I question, you know, how thorough that is sometimes. Um, 
but hopefully people out there are doing these evaluations for the right reasons and that they have the right intentions and they're actually trying to seek help for themselves, you know? Right. And you said yours was through a PCP, correct? Mine was through a PCP, yeah. Yeah. And you never got like a full neurological evaluation because they saw it in the concussion. Yeah. So see, there you go. In your situation, it worked out for you, but I always tell people, or like, you know, I always think it can be iffy if you go to a PCP, depending on who you're going to and what your purpose or your intentions are. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that I saw on the how to ADHD channel, they said post-it notes was a really great way to help people with memory. So like you said, you put post-it notes up to help you remember things throughout the day at work, which mm-hmm. is good to know that that is something that works for you. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely, I have a bunch of post-it notes just all around my cubicle now because I've learned that those help me. Yeah. Nice. And then last fun fact that I wanted to share is that ADHD people are three times more likely to start their own business. So nice. if you think you have ADHD and you think that might be a bad thing, it's not. My last fun fact is that I don't know what an HD is. But my doctor says I've got 80 of them. Thank you for that, Corbin. Anytime. You're serving with the jokes today. I'm pretty funny sometimes. But no, I just wanted to give you a chance to come on and share like your personal story just to give people an idea of what that looks like. Since it's something I can't fully explain because I'm not fully sure if I have it or not. So I just wanted to get your personal perspective and take on it. Um, I did have a lot of people in the guest application process apply to talk about ADHD and a lot of those people are licensed and they specialize in ADHD. So I definitely want to bring on a professional as well to cover this topic for anybody who wants to hear more about it. Um, But I just wanted to start out with your personal story so we can get some variety of takes on ADHD because this is something, like I said, I'm currently learning about, I'm currently trying to navigate as well. So I just want to give as many chances to have people talk about it as they can. So right. thanks for being here, babe. No problem. Will you truly? Corbin's been saying this week, he'll be like, I love you a trilly. And I'm like, a truly? No, I love you a white claw. <laughs> yeah. You know, like a Millie, but a trilly. Yeah, but like a trilly, but then like so, white claw, you know? So I was like, right. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming back for another week for the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this week. Um, If you would like to watch the full recorded unedited interview with Corbin and I, which is absolute chaos as always, please check that out on my Patreon. You can go ahead and subscribe to that to watch all of my guest interviews. Make sure you are following the Search for Serotonin Instagram page. Uh, The at name is at the Search for Serotonin. I've been posting more on the Instagram account. And if you guys just want to stay up to date with what's going on with the pod, um, I have been asking for questions when I'm interviewing certain guests. So if you guys want to ask anybody any questions that I'm having on the podcast, make sure you are staying up to date with the Instagram. And as always, I hope you guys remember that this world is better with you in it. All right. See you next week. This week's song is Isis by Jordan Lucas featuring Logic. Corbin chose this song because it is off of Jordan Lucas's album ADHD. And this song specifically talks about what it feels like to have ADHD. And it also defines ADHD in the song as well.
So it was very on brand with this week's topic. If you want to go listen to Isis by Joyner Lucas featuring Logic, you can find it on the Search for Serotonin playlist, which will be linked in the show notes.